0: of the show. Welcome to episode 56 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for listening and finding this little podcast. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. This week's guest will be Doggy Dan and we'll be talking about his uh, Staffy Cross Peanut. But first, in some doggy news, if you are a gamer and you have played Fallout 4, you will be very familiar with the character Dogmeat. Uh, for those that don't know, Dogmeat is a German Shepherd who is the loyal companion of the uh, lead character in the game. Uh, Unfortunately, the dog that Dogmeat was based on, a shepherd by the name of River, has passed away. But the uh, developers of the game based a great deal of the character in the game on River. A warning to our listeners in southern parts of Australia and particularly Victoria, um, there has now been reports of the disease ehrlichiosis, which is the uh, tick-borne bacterial disease uh, that has been around in most other parts of Australia and unfortunately has now spread down into your state. Over to the US and in New Jersey and in particular Barnegat Bay, a golden retriever by the name of Chuck was enjoying a day out with the family when for some reason Chuck got lost in the woods. Uh, The family obviously distraught, searched for quite some time um, and then ended up going home. They have received the good news 16 days later that uh, some joggers and a local fisherman combined to find Chuck while he was having a morning swim in the bay. Chuck is now back with the family and in excellent health. And if it's safe to do so, just hit pause for a moment and share this podcast with one or more of your friends Uh, if you like to do that after the show it'd be great but if your memory is anything like mine well maybe it's good to do it right now thank you very much for that and now here's this week's interview welcome to the relaxed dog podcast i'm here with doggy dan how are you today Great, very, very good. Oh, pleasure to speak with you this morning.
1: Yeah, good to be here. Always, always keen to talk about dogs.
0: Yeah. And uh, who are we going to talk about today?
1: So today, uh, I was, I'm very excited to talk about my. Oh, you shouldn't have favourites, but she's my dearest dog who passed <laughs> away. Her name's peanut, peanut, as in peanut butter. Oh, nice. Yeah, we we called her Peanut because. Um, we were told she was going to be small, round and brown. <laughs> you know, we got her from a rescue or we got she got a and and we well, we got her and we were told that she was going to be um yeah, we thought she was going to be a little staffy cross, but she grew much much bigger than that and turned into more of a a ridgeback staffy, if you can imagine a ridgeback staffy. Okay, yeah, interesting. She was uh, she wasn't a little peanut, that's for sure.
0: Okay. Um, as per usual, I'm going to ask you to just take us back in time to uh, before you guys met and talk us about the uh, hows and whys that you and Peanut got together. Ah, uh, Well,
1: funnily enough, my mum was always terrified of dogs. So we never had a dog. And I didn't realize how much love loved dogs because we never had one. But all the dogs I came into contact with, I, I kind of played with and loved my grandfather's dog. And in the morning, there was a lady who walked five Weimaranas. She was very gifted. She was a bit of a trainer. And I realized now I spent a lot of time wandering on the backfields with her. Mm-hmm. So I knew I always loved dogs, but my wife and I didn't have a house. And we really, it was quite hard to find a rental which would let us have a dog. And we said, once we get a house, we'll get a dog. So pretty much a couple of weeks after we purchased our house, we started ringing around and um, and we got a dear dog. And uh, they said she was a lab cross staffy. And I walked in, I saw her straight away. And I said to my wife, that's her, that's Peanut. And I walked over and it was, she was just a little puppy. And um, yeah, yeah, that, meeting, that first meeting was pretty powerful. My wife will tell you, I walked straight up to her and said, this is
0: the one, there was about, 20 puppies there, and I just knew this is the one. This was Peanut, and it was. So, was it uh, a mutual sort of she sort of picked you, or that was just definite, like you knowing that you said that's the one?
1: I had chatted on the phone, and um, it, I, I say she was a rescue. She wasn't a rescue. My other dogs are all rescues. She was the one I actually got from a pet shop. And at the time, I wasn't aware I, would, I wouldn't get a dog from a, a puppy from a normal pet shop nowadays. But this was before I was uh, aware of how many dogs at rescue centres needed saving. So she, um, I'd rung the pet shop and I'd spoken to them and said, do you have any small round staffy or lab crosses? And they said they had a staffy lab cross. And they said she was sort of brown and 10 weeks old, 12 weeks old. And somehow when we walked into the the shop, uh, there was about five groups of puppies. And I just looked and I just knew that was the one. They said they have one female... For some reason, I was keen on a female. And for some reason, I just knew, as soon as we walked in, out of all the 20 puppies, I walked up and I said, I bet this is the one. And my wife said, how do you know? I said, I just know
0: this is her. And it was just, off, off I tape. think I impressed my wife, should we say that? <laughs> yeah. So, how were, the, how were the first couple of weeks at home? Um, they were pretty good. She did chew one of the
1: carpets. Um, I, I had a few tips from, from somewhere about, you know, sorting out some of the mess. We we once found, we I think we once came home and there was just, she must have had diarrhoea and there was just diarrhoea all over the kitchen. And there was one morning we woke up to find her kind of sat on the kitchen table. You know, she climbed up onto a chair and she was eating food on the kitchen table, <laughs> aged kind of 14 weeks old, looking very happy and pleased with herself. And yeah, she was a, she was a lot of fun and a very gentle, loving little girl. Um,
0: nice. Were there any other animals in the household at the time?
1: We had a cat, which is actually why we ended up with this dog, because the first dog we got wasn't good with uh, the cat, and it really did want to kill the cat, and it was, would have been a nightmare. And the cat wasn't very strong mentally or physically, so we were very happy. Peanut kind of backed away from the cat, and the cat, Swiped peanut and yep, that was it. Peanut got the meta- message and stayed away.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah. when you say your house, was it uh, a like m- suburban or rural? What sort of setting are we talking about?
1: Um, suburban sort of area. So she had a lovely back garden and uh. You know, Peanut would race around the back garden. There was one time, we actually had some of those uh, floodlights uh, which sit in the deck. And um, dear Peanut, I remember once, came charging towards the first step on the decking, which had a light in it. And the light obviously blinded her. She obviously couldn't see where she was going, got blinded by the light, kept running, and ran straight into the decking. So poor girl, that was a was a, a, funny one. I remember she wandered around, must have had a bit of concussion or something, poor girl. But... Uh, yeah, she had a lovely, a lovely upbringing in our back garden, which was a beautiful, contained, lots of lovely grass, and
0: yeah, happy girl. Yeah, very nice. And what um, about so like places to go when she was young?
1: Yeah, there was there was a beautiful place which had it was almost like a swimming hole for the dogs, and we could get there fairly easily. So. Uh, yeah, we basically took her on a regular basis to the uh, the swimming hole for dogs, as we called it, and uh, she learned to socialise there. Probably as much in the water as out the water. There's a big bird sanctuary in the middle. Which, uh, yeah, I th- the thing with Peanut is nothing really went that wrong with her. She was always very well behaved, and I thought that that meant that I was just a very good dog owner. But it's only much later on I realised how good a dog she was, if that makes sense. It does.
0: You it know. does. It's, uh, yeah. But having said that, it's also, I think, also a, 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 a reflection on a partnership. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I knew I knew a certain
1: amount, a little bit, about being calm and being gentle and not shouting too much or shouting as little as you could as possible. But, uh you have any yeah, special she was... friends at the uh, the watering hole? Uh, there was one. There was one time where dear Peanut was wandering around. She must have been fourteen, sixteen weeks, or something like that. And there was a Great Dane, and I never forget this Great Dane. She loved the Great Dane, who was a big, gentle, huge dog, obviously. And uh, she ended up with her entire head inside the the Great Dane's mouth. Oh, <laughs> just wanted to be in there and the great dame was just
0: happy to oblige and how did that make you feel when you saw that
1: well there was a little bit of fear but i've always been a feeling person and i could feel that there was no animosity no danger and i knew it wasn't chance and i knew the great dame was happy and easygoing and i could see that there was no risk i mean we didn't encourage it but uh it's one of those sights you never forget. And, <laughs> okay, uh, I think there was a deep learning and understanding there that these animals can be so gentle and they understand in a similar way to humans what's going on. You know, when to be gentle, when there's danger, and when there's no danger, and when it's playtime.
0: So, yeah. From what you've said, she uh, obviously liked the water. Yep. She was a big water girl.
1: Big big water girl loved swimming out at the the local creeks where we lived and uh, yeah yeah always 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 in the water whenever she had an opportunity you know
0: yeah uh-huh, nice yeah and she had any like favourite places a- apart from the the watering hole um so.
1: Well, no, oh yeah I'm trying to trying to think the the wooded area where we lived was probably one of the yeah she could she could she was one of those dogs that could run for hours and hours you know so I think that's where I started developing the, the ability to call her with a whistle because she would actually you know I'd go for a jog or a run through the woods maybe for an hour or so and uh, I don't know how far I ran but she'd probably do two or three times that distance so yeah, she'd, she'd come to the whistle beautifully. So I wouldn't need to take too many treats, just blow that whistle and she'd come sprinting, sprinting back. And, uh, we ended up moving to an area near the beach. We moved out of the suburban area to the beach area where she got a lot more swimming and a lot more runs in the woods. And, uh, yeah, she was very happy, very happy dog. The other place she actually loved to go was I worked at a doggy daycare called canine heaven and that's where she was able to hang out with packs of dogs. You know, I used to actually work in a, I used to hang out with 30 dogs. So there'd be myself and sometimes another assistant working with about a pack of 30 dogs. And it would all be the, the large breed dogs. And she just loved that. She loved the calm energy of hanging around with a a group of other dogs. And, um, she had her friends there, you know, Hudson was a huge Malamute, a Malamute dog crossed, I think with a German shepherd. And there's a, Dog called Frank Frank the Boxer and Bella the Rotty, and those you know those dogs were just her mates who she used to hang out a lot with, and uh whether again it was swimming in the swimming hole or you know a lot of fun. there was a beautiful pond there, actually I've got to tell you this story, it's hilarious. There was a beautiful pond there which all the dogs would swim in at canine Heaven, and there was once uh these two Neapolitan Mastiffs turned up. And they were like, uh, um, they they were big kind of, big dogs. They were real big dogs. And they were kind of like brothers. So imagine two huge dogs who were almost like twins, kind of, mm-hmm. I got your back, you got my back. And all the dogs were swimming. <clears throat> and these two were like watching these dogs swimming, <clears throat> excuse me, in the water. And you could see them kind of go, oh, that looks fun. Should we give it a go? So these two dogs wandered down to the water and started to walk out up to their knees, up to the bottom of their tummies, halfway up their backs, up to their backs. Their little heads were showing and they just kept walking forward. And then you realized they were just walking forward. (laughs) And as they walked forward, their noses started to disappear under the water, their eyes started to disappear, then their ears disappeared. And then I kid you not, both these dogs were gone. They were gone. There was no sign of these two Neapolitan mastiffs. They were under the water and they weren't swimming and they weren't diving. They had never swum before. And I immediately, I'd been, I think I was video, I'm sure, because I put the camera down at this point. I was, you know, I was was making some videos and stuff. And at this point, I remember putting the cameras down, going, oh my gosh, I've got to run in and rescue them. And um, about five seconds later, I saw these ears coming out and one of the dogs started to come up eyes then the nose came out and then the other one did the same just walking same speed no rush they came out you could see them literally look at each other shook it off and went nah that's un- that's overrated we'll-, we'll-, we'll give that a miss and I thought yeah well maybe not all dogs understand you've got to swim you've got to move your legs and stay above the water I mean they clearly weren't built for
0: swimming the size they were but uh, oh, it was a lot of fun peanut loved it at in heaven yeah Oh. What a great environment to sort of grow up in.
1: Yeah. she had uh, Canine Heaven's a beautiful doggy daycare. It's got about 50 acres so and a huge swimming area, and a lot of trees and forests and slopes and hills and bushwalks. So it pretty much had it all and, uh, yeah, oh, very lucky.
0: Ideal setting.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's great. Right, yeah. knock not knock any of the, the daycares, but, you know, some of them and they do a most of them do a, a terrific job, but when they're in a you know, an indoor, you know, one smallish sort of room, and then you compare them to what you've just described there, that's well, there's not not a real lot of comparison there, is there?
1: No, no, it's
0: two different experiences, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, gee, was it almost a, a daily thing to to come with you to work there.
1: Um, she used to hang around with me the whole time. I only worked there one day a week because I was always already doing a lot of dog uh, consultations. In fact, you know, I was doing kind of up to three dog consultations a day, traveling to people's homes and helping them with behavioral issues. And, um, this was almost a day off for me, to be honest, to go there and just wander around with the dogs, packs of dogs, pick up some deep, deep learnings. The dogs, I always say the dogs are my trainer's. They're my, uh, they're my kind of inspiration and teachers. And to see a pack of dogs, that's, that's when you're really watching dog behavior at its best. So she'd come with me to that and, uh, she'd come with me on the consults, which was just fascinating because I guess once she got to about two years of age, she was reading the dogs pretty much perfectly, partly because of her upbringing, partly because of her breed and partly because she was just such a special dog, um... So she'd come with me to these consults and she would literally show me. I realized she knew whether the dog was slightly aggressive, aggressive, but she could control it, or not aggressive at all. And just because sometimes dogs would look very aggressive, but it was actually just excitement. And so she'd sort of look at me and move towards them and sort of say, Yep, let that one off. I can handle that. And she was right every single time. You know, the dog might look very aggressive, but it would run over to her. She'd do a quick grizzle, and the dog would stop and um, sniff her, and then she'd say, "That's okay, calm down. Good." Um, so she was a great person
0: or dog, a
1: great being to have by my side.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the the ultimate tool, I guess, for doing the, the line of work that you do.
1: Yeah, yeah. and And you know, with puppies, she'd let the puppies crawl all over her. So and she disciplined them if they got out of control, but generally speaking, she was so tolerant. So she was a beautiful babysitter for the little puppies, and she was a beautiful guide for the bigger, more out-of-control dogs who needed a bit more help, you know?
0: So Was there any yeah. sort of specialized training that you think you did to get her to that stage to accompany you on the on the consults?
1: Um well The method that I used, I mean, I studied a lot of... What happened? My story is basically after two years, or was she two years? About one year old, one and a half, I started... Everyone said, she's the best dog I've ever met. So many people said, I've never seen a dog as well-trained as your dog that I thought, well, maybe I should be a dog trainer. So I went to a careers advisor and we did some work and there's a lot of things I could have been and one of them was a dog trainer. So once I set up as that, I realized I should really get gets some more knowledge under my belt. So I studied about five of the top dog trainers I could find at the time. And one of them was a lady called Jan Fennell, the dog lister from the UK. And I studied her method. And a lot of that is what my method is based upon. And so I put all of that in place with her. And a lot of it is understanding how to win the dog's mind, how to develop that relationship so they trust you and respect you in a loving way, not a way where you scream and shout. Um, you respect them and they respect you, but ultimately they know that you're making all the big decisions. So didn't matter what I was asking her to do, she would do pretty much whatever I was asking. Unless, unless I mean, ultimately she still had that ability to say, no, you got this wrong, and I respected that. Because she was nearly always right, and that's why I loved her so much, so... You yeah, know, so a, good, that, a good example, example
0: is, that, that comes to mind it, with
1: that, yeah. Yeah, the, the best example is you know, I, I'm a pretty calm person, I'm pretty good with my energy, and uh but, uh, but sometimes I can't even remember why you get a bit frustrated and you shout, Come here, and she wouldn't come or something. And I got angry and I was shouting, Come here, peanut, come here now, and she just looked at me and went, Mm-mm, nah, nah. I said, Come here, and I was so peed off, I was like, Come here. She just looked at me from five yards away and went, "No, I don't. I don't come to that sort of energy." And I could see it. She was just no way. She was just looking at me, going, "I, I still have my own no," and this is a no. It's a no for you, doggy Dan. <laughs> when you're in that state, it's a no. <laughs> and you know, I, I can't think of anything more adorable. Looking back, it's yeah. She was like no. Let me train you. let me show you something, <laughs> and um, yeah, so she still had that ability, you know, and it was good and good on her because sometimes I would get stuff wrong and say, "Go and do this, go and do that." And she'd be like, "No, no, no, absolutely no, you got it wrong, and she wouldn't do it, but uh, but what happened was you know she she was so well behaved, you know I could, gosh, I there was one time I actually put her on my front lawn and told her to stay. And my neighbor lived across the valley and I told her to stay with my other dog called Inca. And I said, sit, no, I said, wait, I said, sit, wait. I went and got in the car, drove off up the drive, along kind of half a mile down the road, onto his track, down into his 50 acre property, to his house. And then from the other side of the valley, I called her. And she ran down my field, through the fence, past the neighbor's fence, over over the stile, there was a stile that she could go up and over, down past their pond, up their gravel track, to the decking where I was on the other side of the valley. But she hadn't moved. She had not moved. She'd sat there and waited, ah, even though she'd heard the car driving away. So, yeah, she was a good girl.
0: Just going back to, again, a little bit, sort of bit earlier, in the house was um, free roaming or she had a crate or...?
1: No, she was pretty free roaming, yeah gates open, property was open to the road. She could get up there if she wanted, but she stayed put.
0: She was very good and where did she sleep?
1: uh she slept in the in the lounge area, so she or the dining room lounge, you know she had a big comfy bed, and uh yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Is that just because uh, was that her preference, or it was a uh, no, not not in the bedroom? That's the the last or the yeah, borderline. Yeah, no. As
1: a behavior, yeah, as a behaviorist, I knew fine well that if you really want to keep that separation of who's really calling the shots, you don't really want the dog in the bedroom. I'm not saying you shouldn't have the dog there. You know, if you're not a dog behaviorist and you don't need your dog to be, you know, the best behaved dog in the world, sort of thing, then. Um, and you have your dog in the bed and there's no problems and there's no problem with that. But uh, I had more than one dog at this point. I had two moving on to three dogs and you can't have one dog in the bed but not the other two. You know, it'll create problems as well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was very happy on her own at that stage. I think she enjoyed the bit of break, to be honest.
0: <laughs> so at what age um, was the next dog introduced to the household and, and how did that go?
1: I think she was about a year and a half old when we got the little puppy come through, uh, Inca, yeah. And that was great, you know. Peanut was very solid and strong. Inca was a bit of a nightmare. She was the opposite. She was incredibly fearful, but she just learned from Peanut exactly how to behave, watched her every move and, yeah. But, you know, 95% of the time in those first three years, little Inca was usually either leaning on Peanut or knew exactly where Peanut was or was coming back to peanut peanut was her mummy, maybe not biologically but uh emotionally she was peanut was uh, Inca's mummy for sure okay. nice
0: nice yeah and was that the the yeah. same with the additional dogs
1: uh not so much the next dog was Moses and he he came along when peanut was probably I'd say I'd guess around um probably th- three or four years old. Um but Moses was far more independent. So he didn't really need so much he still enjoyed climbing over her when she when she was a when he was a little puppy. But uh once he got to kind of a year of a one year old he was he thought he was the king himself anyway, so he did his <laughs> own thing.
0: Yeah. What would you say were her favourite games?
1: Uh favourite game was probably having the ball thrown into the waves. And then she'd, you know, swim out through the waves, dodge the big waves, go over the top of the waves. Yeah, that was... She liked a bit of tug of war, a little bit of tug, and she was very good. If you said drop, she'd drop it. Anything with a ball, to be honest. And eating, eating was her favourite pastime. That was the the one for her, you know. Right up until her last week, she was eating anything. You know the parlor drool if you bought some pizza out, or you know a piece of liver, or ah, oh, it's just incredible—a <laughs> drool the size of a a dish on the floor within five minutes. So she she got older, she became, you know, as she got older, she became a real dribbler. You know, just dreadful,
0: <laughs> hilarious. I, I usually wait a little bit later on to to ask my guest to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate.
1: Oh, well, there's a lot of things I could put in that gap. And one of the things was I once stopped off at, uh, I can't remember what, it was a workman sort of a, I was picking up something from a garage or something and she disappeared and I could always let her wander around. She was always very well behaved. So she wandered around the back of this garage, I think. And I, I said to the guys, "Where, where is she? Because she wasn't coming. And I shouted and shouted and she always came. I said, oh gosh, I hope she's not eating something horrible. Is there anything horrible around the back she might be eating and they said oh we have a barbecue on Fridays and all the grease gets poured in a bucket (laughs) I went oh you're kidding me I said how much they went and got peanut and uh, I said to them how much of the grease is gone he went about a third of a bucket mate so on the way home I was aware that she might not be feeling so well and we were driving along and I saw her lips and she sat in the front seat with me at the time in the passenger seat, and I saw her lips kind of, and her teeth kind of, you know, she was pulling the teeth back like her you know, stomach started to kind of convulse, and I looked at her, and I thought, she's going to throw up. So I tried to slow down as fast as I could, but it was too late. She'd eaten a third of a bucket of grease, and there was just this vomit sound as she just convulsed it all out. All over the dashboard, <laughs> and we're talking not solid grease like butter. We're talking more like olive oil, that <laughs> creamy olive oil, all over the the radio, <laughs> the speakers, the gear stick, the gears, the air conditioning unit, the whole lot. Just this vomit <laughs> of, well, by the time I'd got home, it had turned hard. So I had this hard, dried. Oh, oh it's just ice. I sold the car soon after. Easier than cleaning it. No, I cleaned it, but it was time for a change, and uh, that was probably the final straw.
0: Oh well, but but was she all right after that? Oh yeah, 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 fine, very happy. She got her uh, plenty of omega three oil, I think, that day. (laughs) Were there any other interesting sort of like things that she ate? (laughs)
1: Oh, she ate all sorts of stuff. I mean, one of the worst ones was uh, she used to love her fruit, and I gave her a, a huge there was a huge piece of mango with a big mango stone in the middle, which I gave her to kind of chew on, chew the bits of mango off the uh, stone because the stone was a you know, size of a small, it was the size of a hand, a small hand, and I brought it up to her, and she looked at it and took it and just swallowed the whole thing. Oh no! I thought, what? I was like, no, you. I guess it was kind of greasy and slimy, and she thought, yep, I'll just take that all. So she swallowed this entire mango stone while I was beside myself, thinking, you know, that's that thing's never going to come out. That's you have to take it to the hospital, the size of a small mobile phone, you know. Well, I watched her go to the toilet every day for kind of five days, and it didn't come out. And I thought, well, maybe I've missed it. She's pooing normally, so no worries there. She seemed fine. Then one morning I woke up and there on the f- kitchen floor was this pearly, shiny, white uh, mango stone, which had obviously been sitting in her stomach for five days. And, you know, the dog's intelligence, biological intelligence, obviously told her, don't don't start sending this down the pipe because it won't be able to come out the other end. And it's almost like it's got to come out the way it went in. So came back out. She wow. vomited it up. So she just vomited it up. It hadn't gone right through her. And that's uh, so when you realise how clever the body is, that her body obviously knew there was nowhere that stone could... Well, I guess it couldn't fit through the the exit of the stomach. And the reason is because it wouldn't be able to come out the other end. So it really made you go, wow. Clever design, these dogs.
0: Mm, very much so. Um you mentioned uh, almost taking her to to the vet, but did she ever have any serious issues that you did have to take her?
1: Um, she had a, what is it, TPLO, which is where the cruciate ligament is damaged. Never really discovered why or what happened. It was just running on the beach. I think she just twisted it and uh, that was several thousand dollars, but she recovered from that, you know, and... Um, we got her insured, but we never actually needed it, believe it or not. Her other one was fine and yeah, she was a pretty healthy dog. Pretty healthy girl. Very
0: Excellent. lucky. Excellent. What yeah. about uh did you have many like holidays, travelling or things like that, camping? Uh she she didn't
1: actually come on that many big trips with us, to be honest, that I can remember, but uh so I remember our first trip, we accidentally trapped the tail in the door, poor little girl, on our very first trip. So so we did a bit of a tour of the uh, the North Island, I think it was, where we live. And uh, she came with us for a couple of weeks in the car. She always used to try and come with us, you know, always in the car, in the boot, and sleeping in the car. And uh, we'd camp or something. And or she'd try and camp and sleep next to us in the tent. And Yeah. Yeah, I think...
0: Uh, he mentioned the, the car and a couple of positions. What, what was her usual or her favourite spot in the car?
1: Uh, her favorite spot when uh, there was just me and her was me in the front seat and her and the passenger. And then I could kind of, we had a big passenger seat. She could lie down and I'd stroke her. And uh, the other place, though, was she'd sit in the back of the car. And uh, the fascinating thing about that is she spent years in the back seat of the car with my other dog, Inca. And when I got my third and fourth dog, we moved them all into the, the back of the ute because there was no way we could have four dogs in the back. So she never really sat in the back of that car, but she had spent a good three, four, five years there when she was on her own and when there was just two dogs. And the interesting thing was my big dog, who's very intuitive when it comes to life and death. It's like he knows when you're talking about life and death. When Peanut passed away, he went to that car where Peanut had spent four years of her life lying on that back seat. And he jumped into that back seat area and he lay down. And we'd just buried Peanut. And he stayed there for about five hours. And he would not move. And I even went in there and said, come on, out you get. And he looked at me as if to say, no. I'm doing my work. Mm. I'm saying goodbye to Peanut. And... I'll never forget that. I took a, I took a video of it because it was so incredible. I've got the video clip. i um, got a very interesting video clip of when she passed away because I knew this dog Jack would do something and he did a couple of interesting things. And uh, that was one of them, the backseat of the car. and he'd never been in the backseat of that car before. He's never lain in it since. Never had any intention or desire to lie there. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, he knew he was saying goodbye. And he does that with all the animals who pass. He has his own way of
0: saying goodbye.
1: Really interesting.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Did Peanut have any sort of like weird habits or, you know, individualisms? Uh, what was her thing?
1: She, she had a fascinating um, thing she did with the harmonica. So the harmonica instrument, the mouth organ, my mate played it and she started to dance, <laughs> yelp and kind of sing and dance and I laughed and laughed and it was like a little trick. And then in the very last year of her life, I found a guy who played an instrument called a harmonium, which I don't know if the word harmonium and harmonica are related. I guess there's a bit of harmony there. But um, I used to enjoy a lot of singing when I was younger, so I decided uh, I'd give this instrument a try. It was like a wind instrument, which had like a piano keyboard, and um, you'd press the keys in it, make a wind sound, and you could sing. People sang along to it. So I, I purchased one of these harmoniums, and I never really played it until her last couple of weeks of her life, and, and I started playing a little bit. On the day that she was passing away, though, it was a fascinating thing happened. She, she actually looked at me for 36 hours without, without blinking pretty much. She looked at me. She might blink a bit, but she just kept her focus on me. She obviously knew she was passing away, and she wanted to communicate, and I um, came up to her, and I offered her food, She didn't want food. I offered her water on the last day. She didn't want water. She was, you know, pretty much leaving this planet. And then she said, be here now and experience love. And she looked in my eyes. And I realized I really wanted to play my harmonium to her. So I started to play my harmonium. And bearing in mind the only reason I had this instrument was because it sounded like the harmonica and I thought she'd love it and dance. And... I came up with a kind of a, a song which I still play to this day now on my harmonium and it's, a good, and it's a song of love and and the other message she gave me was to take the sound and share it and I'm about to record my first album put it that way Wow so I've played this instrument for the last couple of years now uh, I recently played it this weekend actually to uh, I was on a men's retreat and i Played my harmonium to almost a hundred men. And uh, it's like she gave me that gift. And it all stemmed from her funny little habit of dancing to the harmonica. So here I am. I only became a dog trainer because of Peanut. I quit the corporate world where I was a wine sales manager. I set up an online training business called The Online Dog Trainer, which has helped 57,000 people, and now my, one of my favourite pastimes is playing my harmonium, and I only play the harmonium, and I'm about to record an album because of my dog named Peanut.
0: It's so, it's
1: incredible how they can change your life, literally.
0: A very emotional time too, every time you, you play, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's hard. I, I I have nothing but joy and happiness when I play my music, especially that song, because at the end of the day, I have nothing to be sad about when it comes to Peanut. You know, if I cry, it's because I'm just crying tears of joy, of love, because I love her so much still. Mm. And I'm so grateful for all
0: she shared with me, so, yeah. How old was Peanut when she passed?
1: I believe she was thirteen and a half half, if I remember correctly, she was thirteen and a half, yeah, yeah mm. right, yeah, nice. which is pretty old for a big dog, you know she did well
0: mm. what sort of what sort of diet was painted on throughout her life?
1: Let's call it a varied diet, a very varied diet. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to say I gave her the best raw meat diet from day one to the end, but with four dogs I was always kind of not sure what food to feed them and yeah, she had scraps, loads of babies, leftover food and lots of veggies, lots of raw meat, lots of cooked meat I did rice and my own garlic and mincemeat dishes, I did vegetables, <laughs> everything as well as, you know, there's probably quite a bit of kibble in there and quite a few bones and you know, chicken carcasses, Mm -hmm. the full, she had the full gambit. This dog would eat anything, so with two kids, two kids and my wife and I, there was always plenty of food left over and
0: she ate most of it, yeah, dear girl. How was Peanut when your children sort of came into the household? Oh, she she was incredible,
1: yeah, just nothing but love for them and so gentle, never put a foot wrong. Just, yeah. And that's where you kind of go, well, it's not like I trained her to be amazing. She just was from day one. She just had so much love, so calm, so gentle. But also knew how to play and have fun and say no. So if you really wanted to sum her up, she had the full bandwidth. The most loving dog you could imagine, the calmest, Ready to have the most fun. She had everything.
0: If you, do you think if she had a choice, would she have rather played with some of the other dogs or when your children were young?
1: Uh, she was quite, she was quite, and en- enjoyed the other dogs, to be honest, especially when she was younger. She enjoyed, but it was always selective. They had to be pretty switched on dogs. They couldn't be idiots. So, uh, yeah.
0: Going out on, on walks and adventures, was there a, a particular walk? I suppose being on, the, on a larger property, uh, not sort of as significant, but do you think there was a, a special one that she had?
1: Uh, the favourite walk was definitely the, uh, the walk by, to our nearby creek. Uh, we'd have to get in the car to get there to the horse We say we'd go to the horse park which is where the horses would stop and get out and, and we'd turn the other direction and head along a creek and uh, that meant she could jump in and out of the water as many times as she wanted. Yeah, so that was her favourite spot,
0: yeah. You just mentioned the horses. What about interactions with other animals?
1: She was pretty good, but she was always a little bit wary. So, you know, she got on with pretty much every animal you could imagine. Um, I can't actually remember it trying to catch or kill anything, but uh the one thing she was wary of was she was she was wary of um the horse, but she would still try and steal the horse's you know, any grain which fell out of the horse's mouth or wasn't in the bowl, she'd try and get it, but uh she was always a little bit wary of other animals, just respectful. Very respectful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So Any uh, other sort of like special things that are coming to mind? Um, I mean, the the, the Peanut's real depth
1: and beauty was in that deep connection with humans and being able to read the energy of people. So one of the things I, um, towards the end of her life actually, which really surprised me was we were coming off the beach and as we came over the sand dunes, peanut started to displaying the behavior of absolute joy and love, which basically meant, "I love this person, this person's beautiful." <clears throat> and she ran up to this lady who wasn't looking at the dog, wasn't looking at peanut. She had a head down. She was about 60, 60, 70 years old. And peanut was like, "Pat me, say hello to me, I love you." And I thought, "Why would peanut do that to that lady? The lady didn't have a dog. There was nothing significant that I could see about this lady. Um, and I even said to the lady, oh, my dog's saying she wants to say hello. She loves you for some reason. I said, have you got any dog food on you? She said, no, no. She said, I'm, all the dogs love me and the cats. She said, I'm actually more of a cat lady. I don't mind dogs, but I'm a cat lady. But I could tell when this lady spoke, she was the most beautiful lady, such a big heart. And it told me everything. It told me that Peanut could just read the energy of people. And it didn't. It wasn't body language. It wasn't that the lady looked at her. It was just her energy. It was almost like whether people believe in an aura or a spirit energy or something, there was nothing. Put it this way. Let's just say it was nothing that I as a human could see. And I don't even think it was body language that I wasn't picking up on. It was beyond body language It was beyond the human visual, normal, you know, what you can see with your eye. Mm -hmm. Peanut saw something, Mm -hmm. and it was incredible. And, And, you know, she did a lot of that. So she would often walk up to... People who were clearly pregnant or looked maybe a bit pregnant, and she'd sit and turn. It was almost like she was feeding off the I can't remember if they're called pheromones or the you know the 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 hormones of a pregnant woman. Peanut would sit and turn and lean into them. And people would go, "Wow, your dog's beautiful." And I'd say, "Yeah, she's just loving the fact that you're pregnant, and she's kind of just chilling out with you. And it was so obvious when Peanut did it that, I was even able to pick people who were pregnant, even though they didn't look it, because she would do it. And so at a park, I'd see her do with a lady. I said, oh, she's doing that thing that she does when she's often pregnant. And the lady would look at me and just smile and go, I am pregnant. I'd go, yeah. And there was a couple of times I actually, you know, pretty much said it to somebody and they didn't know if they were or not, but uh, I'm pretty sure they were. I said, that's what she does when somebody's pregnant. And they'd go, really? Well, we're, I say, yeah, yeah. That's the sort of dog that Peanut was. the the One of the most phenomenal experiences was, which is a similar thing, was my wife does um, energy work with people and it's in a corridor down our room into the front room. So there's two sets of doors, one door at one end of the corridor, then the corridor, and then the other end of the corridor. And one day Peanut was literally at, she stayed in, in the dining room area on her bed and so my wife is in the, the front room, which is through these two sets of doors. And Peanut never went down that other end of the corridor because that was like a big carpeted area with a TV in where we used to go to sit as a family. No dogs down there, really. Anyway, Peanut was literally scratching at the door, whining, saying, let me through, let me through. Let me open, open the first door. So I let her through the first door. She ran down the corridor and went to the second door and said, open, let me in. And I thought, well, Jenny's there with a the person who's lying on a um, you know, like a physio bed, thing because Jenny's my wife's a qualified physiotherapist and I tapped on the glass window and I pointed I said Peanuts here she says she needs to come in and Jenny just nodded and smiled and went yep let her in so I let Peanut in and shut the door later that day I said to Jenny why on earth did Peanut want to come down she said well it was fascinating this lady was struggling with some stuff and saying how she had never really experienced unconditional love. And she said, well, what would unconditional love look like to you? And the lady said, well, my dogs are the only ones who've ever given me unconditional love. And at that point, Peanut was literally walking into the room. Peanut literally said, I need to be there. Let me in. And uh, Peanut went up to the bed and the lady dropped her hand down and there's Peanut and she started to cry. And that was what Peanut could feel. And and you know we're talking about a thousand people that Jenny's worked with, or I don't know five thousand. But I, I, I that's pretty much the only time I remember Peanut saying, "Let me down there," whilst Jenny was working with the client. May have been two other times, but again, it was because Peanut needed to be there to do something, so she could read. The dogs have amazing abilities that we don't fully understand. That's for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely, what a beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah any times where she's sort of like read the, the negative side of someone and, and that sort of like avoided an incident?
1: Um, I'm trying to think now. There was definitely a couple of times where she, she, she moved away. Um, she was just an avoider of all that energy. So I can't think of any stories, but absolutely anybody who had negative or strange or weird energy, she would just stay away to the point where you'd literally trust her above yourself. Um,
0: Yeah. Did that ever give you any sort of conflict between um, like friends or potential clients?
1: No, I mean, we have a lot of good people, I guess, around our house. We hang out with a lot of good people. We're very aware of that energy ourselves. The only people she'd – I always remember – I'm trying to think if she just had her. I think she just had a TPLO cruciate ligament done, so she wasn't keen on anybody who was uh, uh, to do with the medical profession. She didn't like going <laughs> to the vets. Well, when our little uh, when our little boy was born, he had some. Uh, we had some of the one of the nurses come to give him some injections or whatever at our house. Well, these two ladies walked in the house, and Peanut did not like it. I mean, she didn't try and attack them, but she tried to move away and. She was like, get me out of here. These ladies are smelling of, you know, Dettol and whatever it is. It was the most bizarre because she loved everybody, but not these two ladies who'd come to do the injections. It was, I'll never forget it. I, they were like, oh, your dog doesn't like us. I was like, no, she's trying to get away, that's for sure. And I think it's just she knew exactly what what they were there to do and medical stuff. Peanut was like, nope, oh. probably worried they were going to inject dear Peanut. So... You know made herself scarce,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um about sort of like uh, grooming,
1: uh, yeah, she didn't mind being brushed, very happy to be brushed, she was a short haired dog, so that was never really a problem, you know, she happy to be groomed, and um yeah,
0: yeah, so very low key that... and that. No problem. Bath time and all that sort of stuff.
1: No, loved being bathed. Loved water. You see, so she was easy.
0: Yeah. You know. Going away on sort of like any on the trips that she did make was there anything that's sort of coming to mind that sort of stands out that she did when that she may or may not have done when she was at home.
1: Um, what's the things that she did? It probably was a whole load of things to be honest, but. Uh, can't think of any on the trips. I think because we had young kids, we didn't actually do that many kids' trips with it, to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. it was a, yeah, we didn't actually do that many holiday trips abroad or away, or we had very young kids and we stayed put a lot of the time. So,
0: yeah, no, nothing springs to mind there. Yeah. You know? Look, being on a, on a property such as you have, there's not that much of a need to get away from suburbia.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: How was she in different kinds of weather, and did she have a, a preferred season?
1: uh she loved the um she loved the she actually liked the cooler weather, I think, although she did like the warm, but uh yeah, she could handle she could handle a bit of a mix, but when she was younger, she used to love running around in the cooler weather, I think more than the hot she used to stress her out a little bit when it was too hot yeah
0: okay so Any sort of thought on doing particular uh, dog activities or different dog sports with her or?
1: Um, What was the thing she used to love? What was the thing she loved? Um, We didn't actually do that many sports together. We spent so much time doing dog training. That was probably our sport, to be honest. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Do I take a guess and say it was uh based on food reward?
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah. She was she was a big foodie. Yeah. Anything chicken, cheese, bacon, they were the three favorites for her. Yeah.
0: Oh, nice. So anything else in your mind now? At a time that made you feel, like, ultra happy?
1: Um, What's the... You know, the the lasting memory is her just looking up into my eyes as she was passing away. And she literally just kept her eyes open and looked in my eyes and just said, you know, be here now and experience love. And it was the greatest gift she ever gave me because she made me realise there's nothing to fear with death. She said, It's all good. I know I'm going. And it's all good. It's okay. And she looked into my eyes as she took a final breath and um she just said, Yeah, you can feel happy and feel love at any time. It's a choice. It's almost like she was me how to do it. She's like still smiling, still happy, as she took her final breath and said goodbye.
0: Yeah. Beautiful message. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I really appreciate the time out that you've taken to to share Peanut's world with us. So again, yeah. incredible dog. Yeah, yeah, she was
1: she was a great dog and uh, very grateful to be able to share it with you guys on the on this podcast. Yeah, lovely girl.
0: Okay, you mentioned your line of work and business before, but for people that wanted to learn a little bit more about you, where are the, uh, the social links or where they find you?
1: Yeah, the main one is uh, the website itself is theonlinedogtrainer.com. So that's where you'll find all my training programs. So it's a T T H E like the, online onlinedogtrainer.com. And there you'll find all my podcasts and blogs and uh, courses, training programs, video websites, videos, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so if, you, if you're ever interested in what I do, then com is the place to go.
0: Wow. Thank you very much again, Dan. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you.
1: Yeah, I'll send through a beautiful video as well from uh, my Facebook page and a couple of other things regarding Peanut. I'll, I'll even send you the song of me playing on the harmonium, so you can have that if you want to share that oh, anywhere. And, um,
0: so on the yeah. Facebook page, is that the same?
1: Uh, I, 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 I believe it's Dog Trainer Doggy Dan is my Facebook, or Doggy Dan, but... Uh, On Facebook, I've got about 80,000 followers. So if it's not got 80,000 followers, it's not me. (laughs) That's what I usually tell people, yeah. Beautiful. No worries at all.
0: Uh, You take care.
1: You too. Lovely chatting. Thanks, Robert.
0: Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you didn't get a chance beforehand to share the episode with your friends, I would really appreciate it if you did so now or so if you would actually tell a friend about the show and you'd have something to talk about. Thank you very much for our new listeners in Chudomirieska in Poland and in Hospitalliet Laborgat in Spain. Until next time, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.